I'm so glad you're here this morning. Get, we get, get to worship and spend some time together in God's Word. Uh, Apostle Paul gave his, uh, his words of encouragement to, to the people receiving his epistles. He said, until the Lord Jesus comes back, give yourselves uh, to the out loud public reading of Scripture. And so Christians have held to that tradition ever since Jesus said his words and gave his sermons, being reminded of those things that identify us and make us who we are. So this morning, we've got some readings. We're going to give ourselves to the public reading of Scripture, and our first reading is on the screen before you uh, from Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 29. For, God, though, for those who God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us then from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing, nothing will take us away, separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And the word of the Lord from Matthew's gospel, words of Jesus, words that we need to breathe in, words that calm us, words that inspire us, words that bring peace. After that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And one more piece of scripture that goes back about a thousand years before when Jesus said that. 
is Psalm 46. And we're going to read this one together. How about if I'm the pastor and you're the people, and we kind of go back and forth one, one to another. Psalm 46. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther wrote, the words of a mighty fortress is our God based on this on this, And I think it speaks to where we're at, especially when we get to the bottom of the last, uh, I think it's verse 10. I think you'll see why, why this psalm was chosen. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts His voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done the desolations He has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Would you join me in prayer? Thank you, Lord, for an opportunity to be together today. Bless us with your word working in our hearts and lives this morning. And guide us as your children as we get after some of the challenges of our lives. Speak to our hearts, Lord. So many times you speak to our intellects and our intellect kind of runs. But in this uh, season of our lives where everything is so busy and hectic, where we become weary from having so many things to do, Remind us that you are at the core of our being and that we are identified as your children. So I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We met with our uh, life group this week and uh, had a great time sitting and working and, and getting after it. And love, I, I love this. I love the lesson for this week. I love getting back with our friends. And in our life group, we went around the circle and everyone kind of brought an update. And we had a, a new couple in there with us. And they were so excited. I mean, it was just a great Wednesday night for us. And the dessert was pumpkin spice bundt cake from... Oh, it's just fantastic. But be that as it may, we did the beginning of our lesson. We began talking about being, forgiving, serving, giving, going. And this morning we get to reflect a little bit on who we are, on that being piece, which is fascinating because we are human beings, not human doings even though we get caught up in identifying ourselves primarily by what we do. And that's such a struggle. At least it is for me. All the time, constantly. Who are you? I'm Tim Klinker. I'm senior pastor at St. John's in Or. Oh, wait a minute. Who am I? I'm more than that. I'm deeper than that. I'm wider than that. But some things in our hearts and lives kind of have to diminish and, and, and recede before we get back from what we do to who we are. When I was a kid, I grew up at uh, what was formerly East Flagstaff Junior High School in Flagstaff, Arizona. Now it's called Mount Eldon Middle School. 
And when we grew up in Flagstaff, I don't think we knew it then, but we lived on the poor side of town. Whenever I go back, we eat in the barrio and hang out and eat at this restaurant. It's so great. It's just wonderful. But then we drive back to our house that, that we grew up at. I'm like, wow, wow. We were diverse before diversity was cool in East Flag Junior High School. I'm telling you. Buses of students from the Navajo and Hopi Reservation would come in to go to school with us. And uh, students would come from rural East and North Flagstaff. And man, honestly, we, we had HUD homes that the, the kids walked from. And, and everyone wanted to kind of do and be something. There, there were not a lot of people at that point who said, I want to grow up, go to NAU and stay in Flagstaff. And so I had a dream as a 7th or an 8th grader. I wanted to grow up and wanted to play football and be in the NFL. I thought that would be the coolest thing in the world. And as a seventh grader, it's kind of your whole life. Our father was fabulous for playing catch with my brother and I. And Whenever dad would come home and say, let's play catch, we would go out and catch and we'd throw the ball until our arms would fall off. And we'd make spectacular catches in the grass. and We'd think we were the chosen athletes of, of the day. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to be a professional football player. I didn't realize that at 80 pounds and five foot three, I was kind of a, a wispy little guy. And then when the coach grabbed me and said, you'd make a great lineman, my hope of being an NFL receiver was kind of dashed. And then there was a play my eighth grade year with a classmate of mine named Ron took about a 20-yard run, accelerating all the way from the dead stop through my little 125-pound body or whatever it was. And I sat there on the ground looking out the ear hole of my helmet thinking, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be an NFL player. And as much as a 7th or an 8th grader can have an identity crisis, you're kind of, well, what am I going to do now? Who am I? What am I all about? From the end of August to the uh, first part of November, I'm a football player. I'm not a student because that would be lame. I'm a football player. And then all of a sudden, in your simple kind of 8th grade way, that little dream dies on the football field, Flagstaff, Arizona, at Mount Eldon Middle School. I think we have to go through a little bit of that refining in our lives. And as we get a little older and we get more experienced and more seasoned, there are those things that we succeed at and those things that we fail at. And we say, I want to do this, and then we fail, and we say, well, how about this, how about this, how about this? And, and sometimes we wear ourselves out trying to figure out who we are. And we define our, our lives and our identity by what we do rather than who we are. And that can be very, very wearing. For those of us who've raised children, we've gone through some of that same thing. I want my kid to be an athlete. I want my kid to be a musician. I want my kid to be a... And, and, and we've worked through all these things. And sometimes our kids don't fit in those little places. And then we say, what's my kid going to be? And the answer is, just fine. They're going to be normal. Like all of us. Because their identity with ours is found in something deeper than what they do. And sometimes we become so weary and worn out by getting our kids to all the events through which they matriculate only to find out there's 
a bigger, deeper piece of life that identifies us than just what we do. And so that scripture from Jesus today from Matthew chapter 11 is powerful. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Weary. It's that season where we become weary. We kind of begin looking towards Thanksgiving, and we think, okay, how many weekends of soccer? How many weekends of football? How many, you know, how many more dance recitals? How many for things? How many more church things? How many of this? How many of that? And we get kind of weary and worn out. And perhaps we're weary and worn out because we bought into the, the 21st century myth of you are what you do. Your identity rests in what you do, not in who you are. So we identify ourselves with our jobs. Hi, I'm Tim. I'm a senior pastor at St. John's. Hi, I'm Fred. I'm an accountant. Hi, I'm George. I'm an engineer. Hi, I'm Mabel. I'm a teacher. Hi, I'm Enrique. I'm a nurse. Hi, I'm, and, and, and it's how we do it. It's how we introduce ourselves. If you look on social media, we find so much joy and pleasure in jobs and jobs done well, which is great. But what happens when our job is shaky? What happens when work isn't going well? You're deeper than your job. How do you identify yourself? Well, with the gear I wear. Are you kidding me? I wear my gear. I got my Ducks gear. I got my Lakers gear. I got my Angels gear stuffed in my closet. got my favorite NFL gear and I wear that. When I wear that, I feel good because I'm in with a community of Packers fans, Angel fans, Laker fans, Ducks fans. And then we come up to one another and we say, hey, good game. How about that? Go Angels. And we build a little community around that, except those teams are hot and cold. And affinities, seasons of life change but it's always fun to watch people do their thing. But we're greater than our decisions and we're greater than our choices. Some identify themselves by the people they associate with. Sometimes that's really super good. This is my crew. This is my friends. This is, these are my buddies. This is my family. And sometimes that's really painful. They used to like me, but now they don't. We used to hang out, but now we don't. She lost her husband and now it's just awkward and if other people define you again that changes with the ins and outs of life and maybe you identify by the fun that you have we go to the river we have a pass for Disneyland we do thus and such and thus and such and thus and such maybe you with me are a little tired and weary of pursuing all of those things in the name of identity that those words of Jesus become very, very powerful. Would you please read these with me this morning? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. David wrote, be still and know that I am God. It's in those still moments where we go back to who we are and what we're all about. 
It's in the stillness that we hear the word of the Lord speak to our souls. You are more than what you do. You are more than what you like. You are more than what people say to you. You are more than the gear that you wear. You are more than where you go on vacation. Jesus said in John chapter 3, verses 14 and 15, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in Him may have eternal life. Who I am, who you are, you are children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul wrote in our epistle lesson today, for I'm convinced. He didn't say, I think it'd be cool if, I'm pretty sure. He said, I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Our identity rests in Jesus And I can be so convicted of that and so convinced of that this morning because of that cross of Christ. Because Jesus gave his best for you and me and sealed our identity in his blood. He suffered and died so that sin wouldn't define us. He suffered and died so the world wouldn't define us. He suffered and died so that all of the stuff that ebbs and flows in culture would not define us. But you and me, we are marked with the sign of the cross and we belong to God. And my identity and your identity rests in that. When all of the other stuff kind of melts away and is shown for the emptiness and the the, the passing nature of it, it's then we breathe in Christ on the cross for you and me. His grace sufficient in our weakness. His power overcoming our challenges. His love overcoming the hatred and individualistic lifestyle of the world. We have been drawn to Jesus and our identity is found in Him. Who are we first and foremost? I'm a child of God. And that is unshakable. Because you can't pry Jesus off that cross. He loves you that deeply and that dearly who I am is sealed in my baptism in Romans chapter 6 Paul says or don't you know that all of you who have been baptized who have been baptized into Christ Jesus we were buried with him through baptism into death so that we might die to sin and then rise to newness of life in him sometimes when I'm weary and tired I go back through the things of life And it just wears you down. And you go back and back and back and back. And then I kind of put myself in this little place in rural Wisconsin, a little town that doesn't exist anymore called New Brunswick, in a baptismal font that now sits in in a county historical museum where my father took me in his arms in June of 1964 and said, Timothy Mark Klinkenberg, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. A little jaundiced, premature baby delivered the goods in that, attached to the cross, attached to Jesus. So that on those days where I'm not sure I go back to that water and that word spoken objectively over me, a thing that I can't change to remind me of who I am in an ever-changing world and in a very quickly moving, changing life. 
who I am and who you are is a child of God who has a seat around the table of the Lord Jesus. You're in the life group of the Lord Almighty and he's got a big old table with lots of chairs. We're going to come forward after the message this morning. We're going to receive the bread and the wine. It serves as a marvelous symbol of the communion that we have with God and the communion that we have with one another. Not an empty ritual, but a marvelous identifying seal of God's promise for us. We get going, we get going, we get going, we work, we work, we work, we do, we do, we do. And then we come in here and we breathe out sin and disunity and struggle and we breathe in grace and freedom in Jesus and the love of God for us. And when we gather around that table, it's kind of for me as if time stops and I don't care who's playing the early game and I don't care what the second game is and I don't care what I got to do at 1230 today. What I care about is the fact that we're here and now the body of Christ. Take and eat. This is my body. Take and drink. This is my blood. And we are marked as the children of God were in that first Passover meal as those who are saved and sealed in Jesus. Who I am and who we are together are children of God baptized into His promise, sealed in the blood of Christ, around the table of the Lord, building our lives on a solid foundation of God's love for us in Jesus. That's who we are. And what we do is energized and built upon our identity as children of God in Jesus. So far, so good in this study what people have come back with has been amazing, the sharing and the depth of sharing. And I suspect this week in our life groups, in our Bible studies, maybe in your personal reflection, you'll be able to think very seriously about who you are and where you're going in your life. Forgiving, serving, giving, going, leading to a marvelous gift. And maybe today on September, whatever it is today, is it say 23rd, 22nd? 22nd. Maybe you just need some peace. We'll get on to what we are going to do. But today we pause for the peace that passes understanding and find meaning in our identity in Christ. Breathing out anxiety and breathing in the peace of Christ. It's who you are. It's who you are.